The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, the central bank today issued a warning uh, to the government about uh, their uh, fiscal policy and their approach to budget 2024. Uh, similar warnings were issued by the ESRI, the Economic and Social Research Institute, and indeed the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council as well warned that the upcoming budgetary package has the potential to destabilise the economy. Michael McMahon is the acting chair of the Fiscal Advisory Council and he's with me now. And Michael, can you explain your warning in a bit more detail for us? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've had a challenging few years, but the Irish economy has actually uh, held up pretty well and is is, is now, by our assessment, uh, operating above full employment. What that means is we're in an environment where there is a greater risk of overheating and a greater risk of you know, prolonging high inflation. In such an environment, it makes sense, as the ECB are doing by raising rates to reduce demand, it makes sense that fiscal policy doesn't try to fight too much against that. There'll clearly be some demands to target groups in society. And again, that's doable within the national spending rule. But the summer economic statement marked a pretty marked change in policy, which would see the government breach its own spending rules, the national spending rule, every year out to 2026. And that's not uh, a policy that will really serve the Irish economy in the near term as it risks exacerbating inflation. It also risks that the government has to sort of cut back if the economy slows down in the future and some Mm. of this spending becomes unsustainable. We've been down this road in the past. We have a history of what what we call pro-cyclicality in policy. That's whereby you spend when the times are good, but you have to cut back when times are bad. Good fiscal policy should do the opposite. It should, you know, take a little bit out when things are too good, but be ready to step in and support the economy like the government did and like we supported them doing during COVID when things are tough. And and that is the point of those spending rules when they were put in place, is it? Is is that the economy remains on a fairly even keel at all times? That's right. We think, you know, the, the rule is designed around an average of about 3% in real growth, that's expansion of the economy, and about an average of 2% inflation. An actual, like I would call it a feature, not a bug of the rule, that when inflation is high, it forces the government to have to make tougher choices. And that's what we've called on them doing. But the summer economic statement doesn't look like they were planning to make those choices. From the government's point of view, I mean, it's not the first time that they have departed from advice uh, from the Fiscal Advisory Council. And what their defenders might say is that when you look at the performance of the economy over recent years, Pascal Donoghue has shown himself a, a fairly worthy steward of it and more recently Michael McGrath alongside him and perhaps they know what they're doing. Sure. Well, so so the question would be why at the moment, everybody else is recognising that the Irish economy is doing well. And for that, so credit has to be given, not just to them, but also to businesses, to people working, to all everybody who got through the last few years. It's also true, as I said, there are some people who, with high inflation, need extra support. These national spending rules allow the government to do that, but they just have to make some choices in order to do that. What Ireland will not be best served by, and anybody who remembers the sort of the years after the financial crisis will remember how tough the fiscal cuts had to be because we had basically, you know, gone spending too far Mm. off non-reliable revenues from the housing market. We risk doing the same thing 
with corporate tax revenue, which is great to be getting. I guarantee every European country would love to be in our position. But what we are pushing for is not to do cuts now, but yeah. rather to be with a medium-term sustainability in mind. So, Michael, the warning is about the every something for everybody in the audience approach, is it? The, the kind of the right. universality of, of some of these um, policies. It's not just it's not just that. It's also, you know, if we if we take something like investment, there's clearly a case for greater public investment in Ireland. There's clearly been an underinvestment in some years gone by. Now, there is a national development plan in place, which we have supported and other bodies that you mentioned, the SRI Central Bank, I'm sure have also supported. That involves a big increase in state investment in the economy. But right now, it's very hard to get good value for money with the construction sector so at, at, at its capacity, with such you know a shortage of workers and even raw materials being expensive on the world, world market. It's hard to ramp up investment very quickly at this time. So everybody can acknowledge we want more investment, we want more houses, we want better roads, better mm. schools, hospitals. The National Development Plan is a medium-term way of it, trying to achieve that. Trying to go gung-ho and just throw money at the problem now risks these sort of these sort of white elephant type problems that um, projects that you build up, and really we would encourage the government to just build in better, more sustainable plans and stick to those plans. I think that would serve the Irish people better over the short and medium run. Michelle Murphy is with us as well, research and policy analyst with Social Justice Ireland. Michelle, do you think the government? should heed the warnings, well, not just of the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council, the ESRI and the Central Bank? Well, yes, in terms of what it looks like, Kieran, that we're going to see again, it looks like we're going to see a repeat more or less of last year's budget with a lot of one-off measures which are poorly targeted. Some universal measures also poorly targeted in the tax package, the bulk of which you know, the bulk of the benefit is going to go to those on higher incomes and that's not an efficient use of the money in challenging times, we we all know that, that that households that need to be targeted in terms of the cost of living pressures at the bottom 20%, those are the households more in need. I mean, we, we've pointed it out, the Central Bank have pointed it out, the ESRI have pointed it out. I mean, that, that's not used to government. They've known this for two years now. And we'd be really concerned that we're going to see a repeat of last year's budget. When it comes to investment... I mean, we, you know, we are in a really positive position, um, as Michael pointed out, that other European countries would love to be in, that we have, a, you know, we have a fund here of windfall revenues that we need to manage in the long-term interests of Irish society. Now, there is a case to be made, obviously, in terms of looking at investment in our social infrastructure, in those gaps that are really putting pressure on wages, putting pressure on people. So things like housing, our energy infrastructure, particularly our offshore wind infrastructure and our healthcare infrastructure. I mean, those are three areas within the National Development Plan that we could look at focusing on expediting because they will take the pressures off people and households. But in terms of managing the overall budget, I mean, and we have consistently said this to government, that you need to target income adequacy issues at the households who need it most, not a repeat of last year. And what we're failing to see completely this year, Kieran, and we failed to see it last year, is an acknowledgement that over time we need to replace that corporate tax revenue. How are we going to do it? And we're yeah. not hearing any talk about a tax package our arguments about cutting the USC, which, you know, how are they going to replace that 5 billion euro if they abolish it? No discussion about the longer term revenues required to fund the services and infrastructure that we need between now, 2030, 2040, 2050. So uh, Leo Varadka was asked about kind of the, the, the big issues facing government and he listed child poverty in the top three. And mm-hmm. I, I certainly don't remember 
a time in recent history when that would have made the top three um, for, for that no. particular government party? Which, I mean, on the face of it, is, is that a, a positive acknowledgement from your point of view? Or does it, does it, does it, is, is it meaningless unless it's kind of backed up by the types of measures you're talking about? For us, anything that makes poverty and child poverty a priority and addressing those issues, that is positive. And the Taoiseach did set up the Child Poverty and Wellbeing Unit within his own department, and we welcomed that at the time. I suppose the proof will be in the pudding uh, on the uh, 10th of October, because in order to make child poverty a priority, we need to go beyond some of the things that the Taoiseach has mentioned in recent interviews and Minister Humphreys. And because children in poverty don't live in isolation, they live in families, they live in households who need support, they need income supports, they need services. We need a long-term view for investment in children and families if we're really going to address that. If we saw that, then, you know, in this coming budget, that would be really positive. But that would require, you know, a significant expenditure package as well. I mean, we're committed to the EU child guarantee and we have a number of targets under housing, education, uh, nutrition, healthcare uh, that we're supposed to deliver for children as well. And, and we, we fitted them under strategies that exist already, so we weren't necessarily that ambitious in that regard. It would be great if we became ambitious in terms of trying to really reduce child poverty, but that will be dependent on what kind of resources are put towards that. And it needs to be more than one-off resources, Kieran. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be a long-term challenge in terms of bringing those numbers down. But obviously, the social and economic return from that investment would be significant. Uh, Michael, how worried are you that um, infrastructural deficits might hamper our economic success over the next five to ten years? I, I mean, I think we're already seeing signs of, of things like the gap in, 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 a, in housing, both affordable housing um, but also just housing. Um, in Many companies will, will cite uh, struggles with getting um, if they want to bring employees, high-value-added employees into 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 Ireland, and and they will struggle to find places where they can live and 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 live at a at a reasonable cost. So these are clearly challenges. I think the the point to acknowledge is that dealing with them is not something you do in the short term. With as 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 Neil was saying, even on child poverty, with one-off you know bursts of cash. This is about planning. This is about planning in a sensible way, thinking about all the aspects. Some of it's financial. But a lot of it is also questions about where we build, how we build, what infrastructure goes with it. Do we have the schools to go with it? Do we have the roads with That involves a lot of joined up thinking and planning. And that's why we welcome the National Development Plan that tried to set that out. Um, and, and, and I would be more worried that in trying to throw money at the problem in the short term, mm. we end up getting to a worse position f- uh, fiscally in the next couple of years. And what we end up doing is cutting out the spending that we need. We saw that happen. We are, we are we are currently living the effects of all of the you know the cuts that happened after yeah. the financial crisis. We don't want to go down that that path again. Well, uh, we were talking about happiness and the link between money and happiness earlier in the show, uh, Michael and Michelle. And someone has texted in to remind me of the Spike Milligan line: "Money can't buy you happiness." but it does bring you a more pleasant form of misery. So anyway, <laughs> on that note, uh, Michael McMahon, Acting Chair of the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council, Michelle Murphy, Research and Policy Analyst with Social Justice Ireland. Thank you both uh, very much. On happiness, David and Cork says the secret to happiness is not having what you want, it is wanting what you have. David, thank you for that little piece of philosophy. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.